we, we started to talk about various facets of our marriage and, and, and family. And, and, the, and, and at first, before I started on this, I was thinking I was going to start teaching on just various gifts and things of the Holy Spirit and just how our giftings and callings are used here at the church. But folks, I will never value your gift and your calling here in this church if I'm not first valuing my wife and her gifts and her calling in my home. And so until we learn to value one another and our spouses in our home, you're never going to properly honor someone else's calling and honor outside the home and even in the church. Y'all agree with me on that? You know, I, I, just mindful, in Proverbs 31, when it talks about the virtuous woman, it's, it's interesting, at the very last verse, it says, Basically, it says, and she was honored or made known in the gates, something outside the home. But she was honored there first and foremost because the husband and children had honored her in the home, for they rise up and call her blessed, right? Go back and read that. So, folks, we do want to be able to honor one another in our giftings and our callings, you know, as a body of Christ in this church. But it starts with understanding the value of your spouse. And so we've... Uh, I think there's several passages, and we started a lesson last week in Ephesians chapter 5, and I just called it the, the helper, the head, and the hope, and we didn't get through it. So we're just going to pick up where we were, and if y'all remember, to, okay, who was here last week and who wasn't? All right. See, up in Startville, people understand what you mean by that. Well, now for you Ole Miss people, we'll simplify it. Now, um, that was pretty funny. Who was here last week? Okay, there's a brother. There's a brother in the occasion. Who was here and who wasn't? See, that's why I needed the notes, Darren. I didn't have the notes that tell me that. All right, here's just a, a quick recap of where we were. I talked about the helper, the head, and the hope. In that passage in Ephesians chapter 5, you know, obviously where it begins with, with a submission issue, understand what was so radical about that passage was not that it was saying, wives submit to your husband. In that culture and in that time, that was just the given. As a matter of fact, husbands or males operate in a very domineering fashion toward women and what Paul was really trying to do was correct that because what was so radical about this passage wasn't about wives submit to your husbands as to the Lord it was the part where it says and husbands love your wives and it's like every guy goes huh what and what he's saying is you are to live with this mutual submission back to your wife and it's done through loving her and the, the standard is as Christ loved the church. That's what made this passage so radical in that time. And so and here's what's unique. When he talked about, I said, the, the wife being the helper, went back to Genesis chapter 2 when God told Adam, I'm going to make for you a help meet. Y'all remember that? With that word for help meet is Ezer Negedo in the Hebrew, a help who is with, a help who is there beside. But that word there beside isn't just one who, as I'm just standing beside Mark right here, but it actually means it has to do with a messenger. Let me just say this so y'all remember this. It's a messenger who gets a message and delivers it to another party who didn't have access to that message. That's the root of the word neged. And what it is, is the wife is able to sense something from the Lord, and she tells her husband what that is, because the husband is not able to hear it. And the point of, of that was this. 
wives, you have access to the throne room of heaven that your husband needs to hear about. Husbands, you need your wife because she is going to sense things that you're not sensitive of. It doesn't mean you can't hear from heaven. You are to hear from heaven. But the point of this is that the wife is able to sense something in the spirit and be able to say, you know, here's what I'm sensing. And wives in a, or husbands, now in a very practical sense, it's your job to be sensitive to that. If you live your life in disregard to what God's telling your wife, you will not come to the fullest place of God's purpose in your life. Because by that root word in Hebrew, it's saying there's certain things as a husband, I'm only going to be able to hear from God through her. Because you know what that does? It just defeats my flesh and me being defiant and think, well, I don't need her. I can do what I want to do. I can't. I need her because she is able to hear something from the Lord. And I used just one little example of that about those cycling shoes, the whole story of that. It was Jackie who said, you know, I don't think you need to go get those shoes today. And, and, and she ended up being right, because guess what? I would have missed that huge blessing, and y'all remember the story of that. But let me tell you how that worked in, in a bigger sense. A few years ago, uh, we had just finished building our house there in Cornerstone, Four years ago, something like that. All right. When I built a house, I, I built it myself. Not me literally, but I subbed it out. I loved doing it. I didn't have a builder. I was the builder. Something I always wanted to do. I know a lot of people have nightmare stories about building a house. I didn't. I enjoyed it. You know, I'm an engineer. I just love the whole thing about it. So we get through building the house. It was about four years ago. And I'm sitting there going, I'd like to do this again. Because, number one, I'm going, building the house myself, I could go build another one and make a lot of money. You know, I mean, literally, I, mean, I saw the amount of money I was able to save by me being the builder. So, you know, where's my mind going? Cha-ching, all right, I'm going to do this. And guess what? I'll just go build another spec house, sell that joker. All right, that's money in the pocket. You know, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for the revelation, right? Well, anyway, so that was my first thought. Now, here's how that Ezra and the Ghetto works. And you didn't know, do you, do you remember this? I, oh, yeah. <laughs> Jackie just said, oh, yeah. So I start having the plans. I'll just start being a builder on the side. That's good. Believe me, it was good money when I saw what I saved in the house. Well, you know, 5000 you know, you're not dollars $40,000. Amen, you know. So, and, and, and so I start having that idea and, um, and want to do it. And, and all Jackie said was, Here's the point. She didn't say, thus saith the Lord. Yea, though we walk through the valley of the Canaanites, uh, you shall not go that way, saith the Lord. You know, that's not how you deliver the message to the husband, okay? All right. You know, she just simply said, John, I, I just don't, I, 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 it just doesn't seem right. I just don't think, it just, there's something about that I don't think it's the right thing to do. That's all she had to say. Okay, she may have said that a couple of times. But anyway, um, <laughs> But that's all she had to say. And, and see, what I didn't know was literally just a few. By the way, at the, that point, our whole housing market, it was boom. Y'all remember four years ago? Man, any knucklehead like me could build a house and sold it and made money. It was just, right? And then within a matter of a few months after that was when everything came to a crashing halt. Now, if I would have rushed into it, 
and the timing of it, I would have been closer to the completion of a house and sitting there on this house and then, and I don't have enough to make two house payments, but y'all know where I'm going. I would have been leveraged, okay? But because Jackie was able to sense, don't, don't do that. The Lord was telling me through her. Did y'all see that? So it's one thing to talk about a pair of cycling shoes. What about something more important like that? And that's the value. That, folks, that's why a husband needs to be sensitive to what your wife is sensing. And you know what? And like I said last week, she couldn't have given me a A, B, C, one, two, three. Like I want to go, okay, you tell me exactly why. You know, the analytical mind. I don't know. I'm just telling you, it's just not right. Now, Okay, a word of practicality then on women. When you sent something from the Lord and you deliver it to your husband, say it in a way that they're able to receive it. Like I said, she doesn't say, thus saith the Lord, da, 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 da. I didn't, because you don't want to put your husband on the defensive on it. And here's the other thing. And once you say it, ladies, leave it at his feet. Now it's up to him. To go to the Lord. Because first of all, you don't always get it right, just like we don't always get it right. And guess what? I had to take that to the Lord, because it could have been the Lord said, John, yet Jackie, there's other reasons causing her fear. You go ahead and do it. But understand this. If it's a major decision and Jackie has a resistance to it, something I better not move forward unless I know that I know that I know I got a big green light. Because understand this, the Lord is more interested in Jackie and I moving together than he is interested in me moving anywhere. Are, are y'all with me on that? God is more interested in my wife and I moving together than he's concerned about where I'm going. Because if I start doing this one way and she's thinking this way, at some point that causes a big rift. So guess what? We both believe Jesus is able to tell us the exact same thing. So we just... Keep praying and seeking the Lord until we both say, yep, that's what Jesus is saying. And guess what? Then we move together and have something about submission, and we're moving together in agreement. And part of what makes our marriage so strong is that as valuable and important as submission is and her responding to my leadership, the vast majority of the time, we're just moving ahead in mutual agreement. That's the beauty of a real marriage. You're moving ahead in mutual agreement. Is that what the Lord told you? Yep, that's what the Lord told me. All right, let's go. Y'all see the beauty of that? Because the two become one, and Jesus can tell us the same thing. And so, when I talk about that, Ezra in the ghetto and the wife receiving something from the Lord, she comes and she leaves it with me, and it's now my job to go before the Lord and say, okay, Lord, what are you just telling me through my wife? Are y'all with me? Did y'all see that? And y'all see how that values her? Y'all see how valuable then the wife becomes in, in, in each other? Now, let me say this. At leaving it at his feet, okay, just, okay, here's the thing. The other week, a week or so ago, here we go. There's something we want to do as a gift to somebody. So um, you'll remember this this second. It's always funny to talk about marriage and your wife in their room and all this. But here we go. It was a gift for someone, okay? Jack says, what do you think we ought to give? I tell her what I think we're supposed to give from the Lord. Here's what we give. So, the next day, well, you know, um, I was thinking this. What do you think we ought to give? Well, I'd already told her that, okay. And so, and then so, the next day, yeah, okay, then, okay, about the fourth time, because what she is doing, she's going to ask me until I agree with her. <laughs> Folks, 
Now, understand, that's not responding to leadership, okay? That's what I mean. Wives, when you tell your husband, leave it at his feet. Now, by the way, it's being legalistic. There's a lot of times some big things. I, I don't mind if she tells me a couple of times. Don't get legalistic about this, but you know what I'm saying. You know, you don't keep going back to him until finally he agrees with you. That's not the point. Because, wives, here's the place where you are. As soon as you take what you sense from the Lord and you deliver it to your husband, at that point, regardless of what he does, here's what happens. The Lord secures your security. He protects your protection, and he provides for your provision because you have been the watchman for your house. Y'all see that place of protection and safety that the Lord gives to the wife? And so, but here's one on this thing. Matter of fact, Jackie, she says, okay, I'm just going to ask you this one more time. And before she even got out of her mouth, I told her to answer back because I said, I know where you're going, and I've already said the answer. But the point being, I told you the answer. Let it go, you know. But uh, y'all with me on this? I'll have to deal with this later. It'll be okay. You'll deal with this later, right? Yeah, as someone was saying before class that after I talk for 30 minutes, she needs to have a five-minute rebuttal as the wife. You know, like there's a debate going on. Yeah, Joe, you know, Joe the lawyer, you know, comes up with, uh, with this thing. All right, hey, let's jump on this real quick. Okay, look at verse 25. Well, that was dealing with the wife. Now, here's this. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word that he might present her to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy without blemish. Husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself. Okay, now, just as we talk about the helper, here it has to do about the head. And I said this. Husbands, in your home, the Lord said you're the head. But he never calls you the head honcho. You're never called the head honcho. Because remember, he turns around and he tells you what the head looks like. So before you get big-headed and you like the idea of you being the head, understand what the head means. And first and foremost, it says that in verse 25, husbands love your wives. You are to be the head lover. Now, here's what I mean by that. Not lover in the sense of Romeo. We're not like Paul Bowen. He's just a Romeo, you know, the can, right? Isn't that what I hear? Okay. And I hear he's just a... I hear he's just a super Romeo over here. Well, that's not what we're talking about. Here's the thing about uh, of, of head lover, okay? No, it's not in a romantic sense, but head lover meaning this. I want you to think right now, husbands, throughout this past week, every word you said to your wife, everything you did for her, every thought you had about her, what was the motive behind it? If it wasn't love, then you were not being a head lover. Understand this. Everything Jesus does for you is with one motivation behind it. Every word he says to you, every thought he has about you, every expression of his heart towards you, the motivation is love. That's what being the head is about, is being a head lover. That anytime my idea toward Jackie, my thought toward her, my expression toward her, if the motivation is not love, then I am not fulfilling the role as being head. Y'all see that? First and foremost, it's the head lover. Why? Because Jesus is the model for that, the head lover. Secondly, it's the head sacrificer. Verse 25, where it says, he loved the church and gave himself for her. You know, we talked about that easily, or talked about that last week. You know, who sacrificed more, Jesus or, the, or, or his bride? You know, good and well, who sacrificed Jesus did. He gave his life for her. That's my model, head sacrificer. And then finally, it was the head example. When you talk about the head example, in John chapter 13, Jesus is, 
that's when he washes the disciples' feet during the Passover meal. Remember when we did the Passover, we talked about the, the part of that Passover meal when he stopped, took out the basin and towel, and washed the disciples' feet. When he did that, in John chapter 13, let me turn to it and I'll find the verse. It, it was written in the notes, Darren, but I'm going to have to turn and find it here. In John chapter 13, uh, verse 15, here's what Jesus said. He says, For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Not only is the husband the head lover, he's the head sacrificer, but he's the head example. What Jesus said was this, I have been an example for you that you should do as I have done for you. Now, here's what that means, husbands, in a practical sense. Don't expect or ask your wife to do anything for you that you're not doing for her. Does Jesus expect or ask you to do anything that he didn't first do for you? Oh, this is hard, isn't it, guys? Just, I'm just, all the wives are happy. We're just slamming the guy. Not trying to slam. I'm just I'm, I'm making us realize what, what it really means when we say the word head. This is what we're referring to when the husband is head of the home. He's the head lover. He's the head sacrificer. He's the head example. It would be arrogant and pompous for me to expect Jackie to do anything for me that I'm not first doing and willing to do for her. It just it doesn't line up with scripture, guys. It doesn't. Jesus was the head example. The husband's the head example on that. Um, but here's let's jump down to this, okay? Because talk about just the if you're there in Ephesians chapter five. This has been the last few minutes on this, and um, notice it says this. This this go to a verse thirty, and we go down to thirty two. Show you what the Lord showed me. Verse 30 says, For we are members of his, of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. And then verse 31 is a quote going back to Genesis chapter 2 when he talks about the first union between Adam and Eve. And verse 31 says, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Listen to this verse 32. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. This is a great mystery. Turn to your spouse right now and say, you are a mystery. <laughs> you are a mystery, sweetie. Because I can't ever figure you out fully. Understand this, guys. He says that, and Paul, all he can say is, this is a great mystery. I've often said that the hardest verse in the Bible for a guy to live up to was when it was over in Peter when it says, Husbands, live with your wives with understanding. And it's like, oh, no, I'm sorry. You think I'm going to understand her? Can't be done. All right, here's the point in the seriousness here. It says this, For this is a great mystery, but I speak to you concerning Christ and the church. Now, when I talk about this passage being the helper and the head and the hope, here is the hope of your marriage. It boils down there. Here's the hope of your marriage, to be Christ-centered and spirit-directed. That's an and right there. Christ-centered and spirit-directed. I'm going to need a marker. Uh, if, let me. Remember last week, it took me like 20 minutes to find a marker right here. But I'm doing better. See, I learned well. That's right, exactly. Okay, Christ-centered but spirit-directed. 
this is a great mystery. Now, we talked about this idea of mystery. When we talk about mystery, it's not a matter of what isn't known is what's being continually unfolded. Remember months ago, I think I talked about mystery. It's not like when we used to watch Dallas and the mystery was who shot JR and you didn't know till like the next fall. Mystery has to deal with what was hidden has now been made known. And understand this, all through your marriage, there is a continual unveiling of your spouse, is it not? And of yourself. Now, turn to over to 1 Corinthians just hold your finger in Ephesians. We're just going to look at a, a couple of verses and come right back to it. But here, here's what I thought about when, when, when I read that, and, and th- these verses connected when I said, this is a great mystery. When you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, let's look at verse 10, and you're going to see why I use that, that expression, spirit-directed. And I'm separating it from being Christ-centered, but they work together. Let me show you what I mean. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, starting in verse 10, it says, But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. Now look at this. Look up at verse 7. It says it this way. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained for the, for, before the ages for our glory. In other words, he's dealing with the idea of mystery. And now go to verse 10. But God has revealed them, what, these mysteries, to us through his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of man except the Spirit of the man who is in him? Uh, even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now look at verse 12. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we may know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Now, go back to Ephesians chapter 5. He says, this is a great mystery. First Corinthians, Paul says, there's only one way mystery is known. And how's that? By the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that unveils mystery. Hence, when he says, but I speak of Christ in the church. So the hope of marriage, folks, is for Jackie and I to not only be Christ-centered, for I speak of Christ in church, but to be spirit-directed because there's always a mystery involved. And mystery is only unveiled. Revelation only comes by the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you a little bit more about what I mean because I don't want this to sound too theological. Um, Paul, I'm going to use... Where's Paul Hand? There you are. You know, help me out. I was thinking this the other day. You always do your triangle. You know, Paul and Melinda, you know, their marriage ministry, you, you do this triangle and, and, and refresh me if I'm right. But up here, you know, when you talk about the Lord and then you have the husband here and the wife here, right? Did, did I draw that right? And here's the thing, folks. Being Christ-centered is basically dealing with the principles of Christ being the groundwork and the framework of your marriage. The principles that I hold here in my hand being the groundwork and the framework of that. Because what happens is, you know, Paul, you know, y- y'all see him do this, you know, that what? The more we're centered on those principles of Christ, the more we're going toward the Lord. Well, guess what? If I'm here and Jackie is there, there's not a whole lot of difference there, is it? There's not a whole lot of difference. And that's what principles do for you. See, when you talk about being principle-led, being Christ-centered, here's what those principles do for me. Let me use the word conforming and transforming. I've often thought of 
or finish right. If I quote you Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Right? Y'all know that verse. Here's how that, that verse, that passage is, is often taken. Because conforming is bad, transforming is good. Do not be conformed to the world. That's what you don't want to be. But you want to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We understand, it's not the conforming that's bad. It's conforming to the world. Okay? Let me show you something. Let's turn to, um, let's look at a few verses, and then maybe it'll make more sense as I connect it all together. Romans 8.29. Let me show you what I mean by this. Romans 8.29. Romans 8, 29 says this, And we know that all, well, that's verse 28, verse 29, For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be, what's the word there? Conformed to the image of his son. Now, conforming is not a very bad thing now, is it? I said, don't be conformed, but be transformed. Well, no, I'm to be conformed to his image. That word conformed means to be shaped, okay? Um, let's look at another verse. Go to... Uh, Philippians 3.22, Philippians 3.21 says this. And it's talking about our citizenship in heaven and what ultimately will transpire with us as the Lord comes again for us. And he says this in verse 21, who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body. Again, two different passages where conforming is a very good thing. So, now follow me on this. When I say be Christ-centered and spirit-directed, what we're talking about are the principles that conform me and the Holy Spirit that actually transforms me. Principles conform Principles will shape me. And that's something we all need, these principles. And these are the things that are kind of universal. And this is why it is important to read the marriage books, go to the marriage conferences. Well, first of all, there's one value of that is that anything that makes you focus on it is a value in and of itself. But here's what happens. We will read the books and we'll go to the seminars and we learn these principles, and those principles do conform. What they do, they shape us. Because conforming brings death, but death in a good way. Because you know why? Because when I'm conformed to the image of Christ, this means I'm dying, I'm killing the way I'm shaped by my flesh. Are y'all with me on that? So principles conform because they help kill away the things of the flesh because you're trying to conform to Jesus' image. But principles alone are not sufficient. I'm going to repeat that again. Principles are, let me say it this way, principles are necessary. It's not sufficient. What you need with the principles that conform is to be spirit-directed that transform. Because his principles will kill away my flesh, will kill away the things that need to be crucified, but I need his Holy Spirit to come and breathe his life into it. 
because it's the Spirit that brings life, right? Are y'all following me? Think of the various verses that speak of this. So here's what I mean by this. If all I deal with are the principles, and Jack and I, we went through this in that you'll, you'll do recent books and, and, and you'll do a certain conference and you see they give you these principles and they're all good and valid. And then you look at the people teaching it and say, oh, I just need to be just like they are. It's going to bring you to a point of frustration because you and your spouse are a mystery. There's something unique about you. The principles are universal, but only Spirit can tell you how to apply those principles for you and how you are. See, let me use Paul and Melinda example again. Here's Jackie and I and Paul and Melinda. Both of our marriages are centered and focused upon the principles of marriage. And we both are striving to be conformed to the image of Christ so that as we grow closer to the Lord and more like Him, then guess what? There's very little difference between us. And that's why we can walk together in mutual agreement so much. But understand this, but Jack and I are still going to look different than Paul and Melinda. And let me tell you what, that's a beautiful thing. Paul has strengths. That's going to be different than what mine are. Melinda's going to have strengths. That's different than Jackie's. And, and, and all three of them will have certain weaknesses. Y'all ain't getting the joke. Those three have certain weaknesses. Yes, I have weaknesses too. Okay. But here, you know, when you have to explain the joke, it pretty much, you're not funny. Is that pretty much what it means? Okay, I'm not funny. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. So here, here's the point, folks. It's one thing for me to know the principle it's another thing to know how do I apply that principle between Jackie and I. But see, because if I just take someone who writes the marriage book and they give me five steps to this and three steps to this, and I go, well, I'm just going to, okay, tell me those five things and I'll do those five things. That's not sufficient for your marriage to be vibrant and alive because it's the spirit that gives life to it. So what I do is say, Lord, thank you for teaching me that principle. Thank you for showing that to me. Now, how do I apply that? And here's what I mean by that. There have been times when there's things, and I know perhaps, okay, I, I, there's something I may want to address with Jackie. There's very little things I would ever need to address with her about <laughs> because she walks in such a virtuous place. But, okay, there may be things I need to address with Jackie or want to. But if I just say, well, the principle is, this is something we need to talk about, so let's just go talk about it right now. I am missing the boat because I need to say, okay, Holy Spirit, you tell me, do I address this? And they said, do I address it now? Now, do you see how no book, no conference can tell you that? You have to be able to hear from the Holy Spirit because it very well may be that the Lord tells me, John, don't say anything to Jackie. I'm working on her about that, and I'm taking care of that. You just pray about that and keep your mouth closed. Now, that very same topic could come up in your relationship, and the Lord says, yes, you go and you talk about it. How do you know the difference? You have to be spirit-directed. This is where I can't give you three points in the poem on how to do this. Principles can. Principles conform, but the spirit transforms, and you need both, folks. Is that clear? Do y'all see what I'm talking about? And you have to be able to say, it's not enough just to have the principles, but they do shape you. They ha- they're necessary. But then I have to say, how do those principles apply in my relationship with Jackie? Because if I just look at Paul and Melinda and say, well, okay, honey, we just need to copy them, we will get frustrated because we're not them. We're our own mystery, much less trying to duplicate their mystery. 
right? You know why? Because marriage is a mystery, which just means the Lord is constantly unveiling, and he's constantly showing us things about her, and the Lord's constantly showing her things about me that need to be fixed. And you know, they're just constantly being unveiling, and that's a beautiful mystery. So at the end of the day, Jackie and I are one, and we are a mirror of the glory of God, even though we may look a lot different than you. So be very careful that, one, you're not just trying to copy someone else who looks like they have it together. You will get frustrated. Does that make any sense to y'all? Right, because of those strengths and weaknesses, we, each, we possess that different glory. We're all made in his image with his glory. And the glory and calling and giftings that Jack and I have are going to be different from them and different from Terry and, and Jan and all that. We're not here to walk around and duplicate one another. Now, there is somebody, because Paul, especially Timothy, as young Timothy, says, Timothy, imitate me because I'm just trying to shape you and get you started. But at some point, Timothy, you've got to walk by what the Spirit tells you to do. I can't be God for you. And likewise, folks, yes. Let me say it this way. When Elijah and Elisha, Elisha learned from Elijah. But if you go look at what Elisha did, his ministry was a lot different than Elijah's. Would that be another way of saying it? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and he and his ministry ended up looking a lot different, though he walked in the same power. Justin, we have to understand Right, not just individuals. That's a couple, a married couple. That's right. See, our ultimate assignment of the Lord is different from theirs. So here's what I'm saying. Read the books. Go to the seminars. Because first of all, anything that will make you focus on your marriage is just good in and of itself. But number two, you need those principles because they do help you understand what needs to be killed away from my life, what needs to be sliced away so I can be shaped to the image of Christ. But with all that, don't leave it there. Because you will get frustrated. Okay, here's another example. We used to do this thing, the, the parenting thing. Okay. <laughs> you know, okay, there is, I'm not going to do this. Here's the thing. It was like, you know, go to the seminar, read the book about here's how to do certain things of parenting. A lot of good principles were taught from that course. Okay. This is, gosh, I guess 10 years ago, 11 years ago. Yeah, how long ago? It's been a while. You know what I'm talking Okay. Now, I'm just speaking for Jackie and I, okay, on this. We saw this t teaching us a lot of valuable principles in regards to parenting. But then once the principles were expressed, which were all good and solid, then it was then carried with a connotation, and therefore, you do it exactly like we do it. Well, we tried it. And about six months to a year later, Okay, it's not in the spirit, but if I had met that guy, I'd punched him right in the mouth. <laughs> I, I just flat out punched him. Yes, on the first child. And so, you know, the first child is always gets the, you know, he's the experiment, right? Everyone's first child becomes the experiment until you learn with other ones. But, but here's the deal. It wasn't that the principles were good, but if it's in any way, or maybe it's just the way Jack and I took it. Okay, we need to make our parenting look exactly like their parenting, and it brought so much frustration. Our poor child, poor Mike, oh my goodness. Because here's the deal, we weren't being spirit-led, because see, spirit-led means I understand the way that child is being that's different from this child. I understand what motivates this child and what doesn't this one. I know their heart, I begin to, and that what comes from the Holy Spirit to tell you, here is what's going to propel this child to their destiny to fulfill the full calling of God, which may be a slightly different technique 
or tactically with this child. Are y'all with me? But here's the deal. The, we took the principles and we made it into a formula that we had to imitate and it brought frustration. And by the way, that applies not just for parenting. It applies obviously in marriage, but really just in everything here in the body of Christ. When David yet anyone is teaching you the principles, there's the principles, there's the word of God. And you say, okay, Holy Spirit, how's that now applying to my life? Because oftentimes it's not so much the truth of the principle has to do with the timing of the Holy Spirit to address it. See what I'm saying? Are y'all with me on that? Okay. Um, I'm going to talk some, some, some things on, I kind of segue into some various things for parenting. Because these next several verses talk about parents to children. I'm going to wrap this up next week. Will that be all right? Because if I start this, it's going to be a little bit too involved to get through. And just so that we don't rush through this, Shannon, I'm going to let you come on up, and we're going to pray something uh, specifically dealing with, with, with marriage this morning. But uh, So this morning, you be sensitive. Say, okay, Holy Spirit, of all that. And by the way, yes, it is the Holy Spirit that tells you. Let me say this one last thing. Jesus says, he who has ears to hear, make sure you have all the principles and rules memorized. That's not what he said. He who has ears to hear, hear what the Spirit is saying. It then emboldens me to be able to say, Holy Spirit, what are you telling? That's just a good prayer, folks, a nice, simple one. Holy Spirit, tell me how to handle that situation, this thing in your marriage or whatever and listen for his voice. At some point, we'll do a teaching. Okay, you mean you can hear? Yes, you can hear the Holy Spirit. There's nothing that said God quit talking when he wrapped up writing this book. Okay? So let's do that. Let's, let's, let's pray. Is this too loud? Is too, no. Can you all hear me okay? Um, one of the things that's been on my heart this week is uh, a word that I heard, and it... Uh, it just rang true in me was uh, the uh, the anointing that you honor in a ministry is the anointing that God is going to bless and, and and God is going to increase it. And there's a lot of things we honor personally, and there's a lot of things we honor as a ministry. You know what John has been talking about these last few weeks in marriage. There's some people in here that are anointed to uh, that God has given tools and God is equipped to uh, destroy things like divorce. And he's equipped them to, to help these marriages and bring them together. So uh, as a ministry this morning, what I want to do is, is honor that. And I want to be spirit-directed in our prayer. So I, uh, the people that have been on my heart this morning was uh, Michelle and uh, Tate Mowdy. Michelle Mowdy has been leading a Bible study. It's been really fruitful and it's helped a lot of women. Uh, Paul Hand, he's uh, leading a Bible study as well. And so what I'd like, for, like to do this morning in our prayer time is that uh, some, of, some of the men that feel uh, directed to pray for Paul, I'd like for you to get up and put some hands on Paul this morning. And, and what I want you to do is, is pray um, what the Father's putting on your heart to pray. I want it to be spirit-directed. I want you to pray over Paul. We need to bless him, ask, ask the Lord for favor and more wisdom in, in, in what he's doing. The same for Michelle. Because it's, it's real important that we do these things. As a, as a ministry and individually because uh, God has given us tools. He's given us gifts. And to steward those things, we have to give them honor. If we're going to steward them, if he's going to bless them, if he's going to increase them, we have to honor them. You understand what I'm saying? 
We have to honor those things. Anything we don't honor, he's not gonna he's not gonna increase. So it's important that we do that this morning. So I'd like some of you guys to get up and let's put some hands on Paul. And uh, some of you ladies, let's and I want y'all to pray. I mean, I, I'm just gonna close this. But what I want y'all to do, I want each of y'all to pray over her, and each of you guys to pray over Paul, because he needs to hear the Father's heart for him in his ministry, and she needs to hear the Father's heart for her ministry as well. You guys go ahead and start praying, and I'm just going to close us. Father, I just thank you right now, Lord, for our opportunity to, to lift up to you things that make a difference, ministries that make a difference, men and women that have a heart to make a difference, and these men and women that have a heart to... Uh, to pour into people like you did, Jesus. So we, we just bless them this morning. Uh, I pray for an increase in their lives. I pray for an increase in wisdom and revelation in their lives. Father, I pray that you bless their marriages. God, I just pray that you uh, put a hedge of protection around their families, God. Lord, that you will increase their time, Father, to spend with their families as they, as they minister to your people. Father, I just pray that you... Uh, Increase the time that they have to spend with their families as well, God, so that the enemy won't have any place to uh, attack their marriage in the process of, of uh, sharing your heart, pouring your heart out to, to others, helping others. So, Father, I just pray for an increase in that blessing over their lives, increase in that time, Lord. So, Father, uh, we just thank you, Lord. We praise you and we honor men and women who want to stand stand for marriage god men and women that want to stand up and, and see change lives men and women that want to become spiritual mothers and fathers and i just want to speak this over these this these two this morning these these two families this morning that that what y'all are doing what y'all are doing in this church is 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 going to bring a greater harvest to this church one of the reasons that the lord is not sending a great harvest to our church today churches today is that we don't have enough spiritual moms and dads to to father them or mother them so i just pray that blessing over y'all today that there will be an increase in that and the people that y'all are ministering to out of those people will raise up more spiritual mothers and fathers to uh to to help to uh bless this church with a greater harvest so father we just lift these up to you this morning Father, we thank you for in one accord and all that you're doing in this ministry and, and through this ministry. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.